The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll hear from uh, Andy Reid when he gets to the podium today with his press conference. Then tomorrow in the uh, 10 o'clock hour will be uh, Andy Reid and assistant coaches. And um, all the players are going to be available throughout these media sessions. Uh, so is Andy up right now? Is he talking? Here's Andy Reid. Good to see everybody. Uh, um, look forward to the challenge of... Playing the 49ers, heck of a football team. Uh, these teams, that, the last two teams standing here, uh, we're, we're honored to be one of them. So with that, time's yours here. Hey, Coach, over to your right. Yep. You've been around pro football for so long. The, the business of the game just continues to grow, the hoopla around it. What, what have you made and what would you think back from your early days of coaching of what the NFL was then and the behemoth that it's become now yeah um it's it's great uh for for the league for the players coaches uh for you guys everybody profits from it um from a monetary standpoint it's fun to watch the growth of the game the different changes that have taken place there um grateful for the foundation that the guys before us laid for us and um you know, it's, but it's it's different. I mean, it's definitely different. I, when I when I got into it, there weren't cell phones, and uh, now look at us, right? So, uh, the technology, and not only with you folks, but also uh, within the game, um, has been increased, and it allows you to be even more detailed as a coach, which presents you and the fans uh, better offenses and defense a little bit. Uh, more out-of-the-box, sophisticated-type offenses and defenses. So um, it's unlimited that way. And it'll continue, it's going to keep growing. Uh, the longer longer we're in this, it's become uh, uh, not just a game uh, in America, but a game throughout the world now. So uh, tribute to Roger Goodell and all his efforts uh, that he's put forward to, to make this a progressive, uh, this game progressive and, and international. Uh, Coach Reed, over here to your left, uh, Evan Walker with WXCI. Uh, Coach, the 49ers are one of the few teams to regularly employ a fullback in their offense. You've been around this game for a long time. Why do you think we've seen a decline in teams regularly employing fullbacks, and what are some of the unique challenges that presents? Yeah, so uh, this is actually the first year that we haven't, uh, that uh, since I've coached, that I haven't had a fullback. Um, and I just had a tight end that could kind of fill that role, and that's what, that's what, um, people are doing now. So uh, things are so spread out that people have gone away from uh, the traditional fullback, although they do a great job with it, and it's and they're the number one offense. So they're doing something doing something uh, right with him, he, and he's a heck of a player. But what you see with him is he can play uh, the tight end position. He can play wide receiver position. He, they move him all over the place, and his flexibility within the offense uh, makes it, um, you know, valuable position for them. Hello, Coach. Good morning. Federico Olvera, Ramebola from Radio 13, Mexico City. Yes. Coach, uh, what is, what's your strategy to 
to, um, to arrive good, in a good shape in January in the playoffs? What are those things you, you do and you say to your players to execute well on the game and mostly in the Super Bowls? Yeah, so there, there's a lot of um, uh, hoopla that goes on with the game and uh, everybody patting you on the back and all of that's great. Um, but you've still got to practice. So when we come out here, we, we practice and we go over to the field every day, make sure we get our work done. Um, take care of your diet. The players do that, and, and rest um, becomes important. So you try to keep them in a routine the best way you possibly can uh, with the different events that they have uh, they're obligated to. Andy, a couple things. Uh, Kadarius Tony, what are his chances of playing on Sunday? Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. He's been practicing, and, um, and we'll just see whether he's up or, or not. Yep. And what about Jarek McKinnon as well? Uh, Jarek is not practicing. Uh, I tell you, it's slim uh, for him to be out there. Coach Reed, last year I got to interview you, and I asked you if you considered your Kansas City Chiefs in a dynasty. You told me that it was not in you to define them like that. Given the circumstances and seeing you back here again, I have to ask, has your answer changed? Are you the new dynasty? Yeah, so I, I think the best answer I can give you is when you're in the mix of things like we are, you don't really look at um, that. You're so focused in on the next, the next game. And I think if you make that your focus, uh, you're probably going to have a problem and, and get knocked off uh, whatever pedestal people think you're on. And so... Um, This game, there's too much parity in this game to, to take your energy and put it in that direction. So we're focusing on this game here um, against a great football team, and it's, it's going to take all our energy to do well against them. Yeah. Nate. Oh, sorry. Hi, Andy. Nate. Um, what, do you, what would you like to see from Joe Tooney to make him possible to play Sunday? And um, as a veteran coach, how hard is it to – know a guy's an all-pro and is trying to be out there, but you have to maybe make the difficult decision to not play him in the biggest game. Of the yeah, Nate, it's just it's strength. Um, and making sure that he's in a position that he doesn't get hurt uh, worse than what he's got. And so that's, uh, that's what we look at. Do you, do you anticipate he's going to try to practice this week? Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, I think it's a long shot, yeah. Uh, Coach Reed, uh, Eleven Sports, The Zone, the American football community in Belgium. You have uh, coached in a lot of Super Bowls. You won Super Bowls. You lost Super Bowls. Which of the Super Bowls you won gave you the most satisfaction? And which of the Super Bowls you lost stuck with you the longest? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because uh, the ones you lose stick with you um, and the ones you win stick with you. So they're in, in a good way. But... Um, I tell you, always the first one that you win is is something special. Um, not that the other one wasn't, but uh, and then the losses they, you know, you try to learn from them the best you can. And I can remember about every play from each one of those. So, yeah. Coach Reed, uh, Jake Bodine with God Behind Bars. Yep. I, I, as a father of five myself, and you being a father of five, how do you balance football and family? Yeah, so I, I'd probably add faith in there, too, because that helps uh, along that trail, um, obviously. So, um, 
I think it's important that you spend time with your family. I've got 12 grandkids and one on the way, and so it's important that we we divide our time up. I'm blessed to have a great wife that uh, likes to travel and go see all the grandkids, and she has a little bit more freedom to do that. But um, if I'm not doing that, then I'm if I'm not uh, doing football or family. I mean, I'm not doing anything. I'm not I'm not a golfer. I'm not a, I don't go fishing and all that stuff. So I'm. Uh, it's either family or, or football or or church. So, yeah. Coach, uh, year over year, you have two new tackles. Just as you look back at the year, how have you seen them develop and confidence level of them slowing down Bosa and company? Yeah, so we had the, those inside three that were um, kind of the nucleus of it, and and then we were able to welcome in two new tackles. Uh, and things start off relatively slow just because of the expectation level coming into a team that had been winning. Um, but they've worked their tail off, and they also came from winning programs. So they worked their tail off to fit into uh, the scheme and have done a nice job with that. So I've been happy with their progress. Hi, Hi Andy. We talk a lot about the various player matchups, but I wanted to ask you, how about the coaching matchup? Like yourself, Kyle's considered one of the tops in the profession. What's it like going up against him? Yeah, um, it's an honor to be able to go against him. I think he is um, one of the top coaches in the National Football League, obviously. Um, this isn't just a one-year thing for him. He's been doing this now for a while. So um, I have a ton of respect for him. He, he is a great offensive mind, but <clears throat> he's also very sharp on the, from a defensive standpoint on special teams, which makes him a great head football coach. And a um, ton of respect for him. Look forward to the challenge of being able to do that uh, on Sunday. Andy, Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. You only have two of your defensive starters from the last time these two teams played in the Super Bowl. You guys have remade your defense. It's pretty easy to for teams to stick with winning guys. What prompted you guys to make over the defense so much in these last four or five years, and how have you been able to do that while still winning at the elite level? Yeah, um, I, I would tell you age was some of the factor in, in this world of the NFL and free agency. Things change. Uh, we, Brett Veach has done a nice job of bringing an influx of young guys into the program. Those young guys, a bunch of them were in that secondary, um, and they've gotten better here with time. So we took some bumps and bruises early last year, but They've gotten better. Uh, they got better towards the end of last year, and then they just picked up on it and have done a nice job uh, working into this year. But I, I would tell you, Brett, the job that Brett does between free agency and the draft um, is second to none. I mean, he does a great job with all that. <coughs> Coach, over here. Gotcha. Uh, can you talk about uh, just how positive Clyde's attitude has been? He, he spoke earlier on this season about, you know, the surprise of not being able to play in last year's game. But talk about his, his uh, attitude this year. Yeah, Clyde's been great. He, he brings a lot of energy to that, not only that group, but to the team. Um, and in return, he's had a, a tremendous year this year. So, um, and he and Pacheco have a good relationship, um, as all the running backs do, but he, those two have a Special relationship, and uh, and as coaches, we don't we don't care who's in or who's out. They they interchange with each other, and both have 
they're both strong on the pass game and the run game. So, yeah. Coach, right here. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, question from Germany. Yes. Um, as you said before, um, times have changed a lot. Uh, the internet, mobile phones. Um, what do you say about the conspiracies that uh, have popped up? Concerning Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like some kind of Republican conspiracies, that you guys made it to the Super Bowl to actually secretly re-elect or help re-elect President Biden. Hmm. That's that's way out of my league. Very similar to me speaking German. <laughs> I, but I listen. We appreciate. Uh, I appreciate the question. She's she's been great, um, and. Um, we had a nice visit with President Biden. That's about as far as I can go last year. <laughs> yeah, with that. Andy, over here. Nope, I'm lost all the way over. Gotcha. Um, this game features two of the better offensive play callers in the NFL. But to do that during the course of a game, does it have to take away or does it from game management? Um, I guess it, 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 it can. I, 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 we haven't had problems with that. Um, we have good communication. We all have headsets on, so we can, uh, and we have an opportunity to see things. So I, I think we're okay there. I trust, um, you know, Matt Nagy with doing things. If I have to watch uh, the game, he's taking care of business, doing doing his thing. I'm sure Kyle would probably tell you the same thing. So we're there, and I, I think it works out okay. Yeah. Hey, Andy, over here. Okay. There um, we go. So the answer, you know, if you can't say the third and 15 play, when you think back to the Super Bowl win over the 49ers, is there a moment or a, another play from that game that just kind of will pop to mind? Um, I'd tell you that was probably a big one right there. Um, uh, there were several plays within there to uh, where we were able to come back in the game. Um They got after us pretty good the first half and into that third quarter. But um, I, I would tell you that uh, that would probably be the biggest play that, that stands out, though. All right, there's Andy Reid at the podium there in Las Vegas getting ready for Super Bowl 58, and the Chiefs will uh, get underway on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, yet again playing the 49ers and yet again in the Super Bowl. What a phenomenal five-year run it has been. And we'll hear from Andy Reid over the next couple of days as well, along with uh, players and different people at the podium, uh, just simply uh, talking about this team, this journey that they have been on, and the position they are now in in getting ready to play in this uh, Super Bowl opening night last night and the pomp and circumstance surrounding that. And, of course, Andy Reid being asked about you know how big football has become. But also some uh, news Things in there. Uh, Joe Tooney, Jarek McKinnon mentioned both of those guys. Long shots to play. Um, McKinnon's window opened up. And uh, we talked about whether or not that was just uh, opening up the window because if you don't open it up, then, you know, he stays on IR. But if there is even just the slightest chance of him playing and recovering in time, uh, then, hey, you open up that window and we'll see if he can play. And Joe Tooney, it's a matter of strength if he can get out there and play. But Nick Allegretti has been uh, really good in his stead 
um, in filling in for uh, Joe Tooney. But uh, a long shot there as well. Um, and uh, just sort of interesting, the uh, questions going back and forth there with Andy Reid. Um, and uh, so we'll uh, we'll hear from Andy Reid and some more there. But right now, very pleased to welcome into the show the CEO and chairman of the Kansas City Chiefs. It is Clark Hunt joining us here in the zone. Clark, welcome into the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, thank you. Great to be on with you. Uh, and and we certainly appreciate it. How's Vegas been uh, treating you over these uh, last couple of days getting ready for the Super Bowl? Yeah, so far so good. Uh, we enjoyed opening night last night. Uh, all the players and coaches uh, were at Allegiant uh, for the opening media event. And uh, really the hospitality that we've been shown has been tremendous. Uh, we're practicing in the uh, Raiders practice facility and uh, the reports I've heard is this absolutely outstanding. Yeah, um, that's all. That that's been part of the backdrop of this Super Bowl, uh, Clark. Is that uh, you guys are there enjoying the uh, the Raiders practice facility and uh, their locker room and everything like that. You know, we were just listening to Andy Reid get his sort of regular press conference started last night, the opening night. We know how crazy that is, but um, you know, this is now four out of five years that this team, this organization, has played in a Super Bowl. And, you know, last Monday, you know, Josh and I were talking about just sort of looking back and moments along the way that, you know, uh, we end up getting to this spot where we're talking about this Chiefs team. When you were courting Andy Reid and trying to find the next coach and and really identifying early on that this was the guy, in in your wildest dreams, did did you think that a run like this uh, was possible or could happen? Well, certainly it was what we hoped for. Uh, My goal was to build an organization that could consistently compete for championships. Uh, Of course, back in 2012, we were coming off of a very challenging year, and I was looking for an experienced, mature leader like Andy who could help right the ship. And uh, that's exactly what he did. He came in and beginning of 2013 we won nine straight games which was absolutely amazing something that really got lost in the narrative back at that point was the fact that andy had taken the eagles to five nfc championship games and to one one super bowl Uh, but he just hadn't quite had the championship success uh, that would solidify him as a future hall of fame uh, coach Um, so the resume was there, but that really wasn't what I was thinking about. So looking back at this point, it's not surprising uh, that now we've been to six straight AFC championship games and, and four Super Bowls uh, under Andy's le- leadership. Uh, but uh, to answer your question directly, you know, I'd be lying if, if I told you that I knew this was coming. Do you ever look back at that time and think about uh, the course of this franchise and those hours in the meeting with Andy Reid and what they did to set up this trajectory and, you know, the the butterfly effect and the the fork in the road that the organization was facing and and now people are talking about a dynasty uh, that uh, you are, you know, the owner of chairman and CEO of this organization. Yeah. Well, I I do think a lot about what a turning point uh, that was for us as a franchise. Uh, You know, bringing in Andy eventually led to bringing in Brett Veach, uh, who's done a tremendous job as Mm -hmm. our general manager. Uh, He and Andy think alike. Brett does a great job of getting football players that fit Andy's scheme. And then also the the drafting of Patrick Mahomes, uh, along with John Dorsey, uh, Andy and Brett, you know, did a fantastic job of scouting Patrick and really identifying him as our future uh, quarterback and then helping put together the trade with the Bills that allowed us to move up to that 10th pick to take him. 
Clark Hunt is our guest. Uh, Andy Reid, as the head coach, there's been, you know, talk, whispers, different things of, I've heard this, I've heard that, not really reports. But um, from your perspective, uh, do you expect him to be the head coach moving forward of the Kansas City Chiefs? I, I sure do. I, I've seen those same reports, and I've been amazed at how much speculation uh, there is out there about uh, you know when he's going to retire. I have no sense uh, from Andy that he's ready to hang it up. Uh, quite to the contrary, I think he feels energized, uh, loves what he's doing. Uh, he knows that he has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right, right in the prime of his career. So I'm expecting Andy to be with us for many years to come. Clark Hunt is our guest. Now, uh, heading into the Super Bowl, we've talked about maybe how unexpected this run is for this Chiefs team. And and I'm sort of curious from your standpoint and, and maybe the off the field, maybe the emotional part of it. You know, your mom, Norma Hunt, the matriarch of the Chiefs organization, and obviously your mother and losing somebody that's close to you is certainly difficult. And I wonder... From that standpoint, Clark, how special this season has been and this postseason run has been, and maybe how special this Super Bowl championship would be if they do that in jerseys with the patch with your your mother there. Yeah, we've thought a lot about my mom over the course uh, of this season. Uh, it's the first one uh, without you know her there in the suite cheering on the Chiefs, and uh, it's been tough. And uh, you know those feelings will be even more acute as we approach the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. <clears throat> she had the incredible streak of you know making it to the first 57 Super Bowls, and we were so thrilled that she was able to make last year's game and see the Chiefs uh, <clears throat> win another Lombardi Trophy. Uh, but we'll be thinking about her quite a bit this week, her and my dad. Uh, the Super Bowl was so much a part of what they loved to do. Uh, the two of them went to the first 40 Super Bowls uh, together. And, of course, you know, my dad played such an important role in the development of the game and so many of the, of the traditions around the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll, we'll miss him definitely. And, you know, it was so thoughtful of Patrick Mahomes uh, when we were on stage for the AFC Championship game. Uh, to mention my mom yeah. and the patch on on the jersey, uh, so she'll be on all of our hearts and minds this coming weekend. Do you, do you ever take some time to sit back? You know, Andy Reid has asked this, Patrick Mahomes has asked this about. Do you take some time to sit back and think about what's been accomplished? And I, I wonder, from your standpoint, you know, we talked about you, you know, hiring Andy Reid and what has taken place in the organization since then. Do you uh, take some time to sit back and think about, you know, your place in the Chiefs organization of taking over and getting this organization back to prominence that that your dad certainly would be so proud of and now having four different trophies that don his name and have the Chiefs winning Super Bowls when, you know, uh, your mother uh, passes away that at the end of her life she was enjoying that. Uh, Will there be a time to when you can maybe sit back and and sort of – uh, appreciate what you've done in in getting this Chiefs organization to this point that certainly your parents would be incredibly proud of. I, I do know that my parents would have loved uh, this era of Chiefs football for sure. Um, no one uh, was a better fan of the club than, than my mom and dad. And, you know, in terms of thinking about, you know, you know my role in it, uh, yeah, my, my view has always always been that you know, I really represent our fans. Uh, that was something that, that my dad taught me, um, that uh, we, we do this because of the great fans that, that we have. And there's always another game to win. Um, you know, particularly during the season, you really you know don't step back and, and think about you know wh- where the club is in the hierarchy of the NFL. <clears throat> That's really for other people to think about. And you know, one, one day when I step away from it, maybe I'll think about it at that point. 
Clark Hunt is our guest here in the zone, chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. And come April, there will be on the ballot the three-eighths cent tax to extend that uh, here uh, in Kansas City. And and I'm wondering, you know, the Royals have, have their decisions that they're going to be uh, making. You've talked about uh, your wanting to stay at Arrowhead. And if that's the case, what do you think you guys will be looking at to – um, uh, in in the renovation part, what what would be the priorities, I guess, or, or goals of renovating Arrowhead Stadium, and what you would want to get accomplished if you guys do decide to stay in your current location? Yeah, we spent a lot of time thinking about whether it would make more sense to build a new stadium or whether it would be better to renovate Arrowhead. And at the end of the day, <clears throat> we realized that we have one of the greatest facilities in the National Football League in GEHA Field at Arrowhead. And that the stadium, even though it's uh, now into its sixth decade, <clears throat> with the right kind of work, it could be extended for another 25-plus years. Um, we, we plan on uh, making improvements to every part of the building. Uh, we want uh, fans who come to Arrowhead uh, to, to uh, experience upgrades, no matter what level of the stadium they're on. Uh, we've got uh, some plans to do some things in the parking lot, uh, especially if the Royals end up going downtown and and uh, vacating Kauffman Stadium. The, <clears throat> the main goal will be to elevate the fan experience. Um, we think it's one of the best fan experiences in the NFL, but we want to take it to another level. And then and there's also a certain level of uh, infrastructure and structural uh, issues that you have to think about when you have a building that's 50-plus uh, years old, and we'll make sure those get taken care of as well. Is there any thought of um, you know putting, a, or if it's even possible, to put a roof or a retractable roof to still play outside but to still be able to host something like a Super Bowl or Final Fours or, or something along those lines? Uh, you know, that was part of our thought uh, 18 years ago uh, when we did the renovation at that time, and that, that part of the ballot measure didn't, didn't pass. And in, in some ways, it really may be uh, for the better. Um, we like playing outside. Um, I, I know our players like playing on, on natural grass. I think it's something that gives us an edge in terms of attracting free agents. I also think it's a competitive benefit when you get to December and January, uh, particularly those uh, playoff games. And, of course, we had a great example of that this year uh, with the wild card game against Miami. That, that game was clearly an advantage because of the weather. Uh, so we're, we're comfortable playing out, outside, and that will be our plan going forward. Clark Hunt, uh, Chairman and CEO, last one for you. You know, this season, how unexpected it's been, um, this run. I, I would guess from your standpoint, it's been pretty unexpected that uh, somehow throughout the season, all of a sudden these celebrities are showing up into suites and Taylor Swift. And um, there's a whole new fan base out there, Clark, of, of your organization uh, that is uh, rooting on the Chiefs and uh, cheering on the Chiefs. And um, I, I'm guessing your family, as Swifties have become Chiefs fans, I'm guessing your family of become pretty big Swifties. Yes, and I already had a number of Swifties in my household. I've got two daughters who are huge fans of Taylor Swift, and uh, it's been, you know, so much fun to have her join the Chiefs kingdom. Um, You know, the most important thing, I think, is that she and Travis obviously have a very special relationship, and we couldn't be happier for the two of them. Uh, but this is something you, you certainly never think about or, ne- or never plan for. Uh, she has an incredible following on a global basis, and 
we definitely have a whole bunch of new fans because of her. Absolutely. Clark Hunt, Chairman, and it's good that you guys are winning, too. It makes it a lot easier for them to jump on board and say, hey, this is cool. This is just how it's supposed to be, just winning. You know, Taylor Swift's first year in the NFL, she goes to the Super Bowl. That's a heck of a start to her career. Uh, Clark Hunt, Chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. Clark, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, Have some fun there in Vegas, and obviously best of luck, and uh, bring back the Lombardi Trophy with you. Uh, thanks very much. Great being on with you, and uh, I look forward to seeing the game on Sunday. We're going to try to get another Lombardi. Let's see if, what the, if that can happen. Clark Hunt, chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, certainly that is the plan is uh, this time next week to be talking about a parade and to be talking about four different Lombardi trophies there at Arrowhead Stadium on display. They've got the four Lamar Hunt trophies there on display and, um, you know, already three of the Lombardi trophies add one more, and hopefully there'll be one more going down grand next week. Uh, we'll see if that is the case. Clark Hunt, chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's there in Vegas. We're here in Kansas City. We'll take a timeout, come back, continue rolling more conversation around the Chiefs. It is Super Bowl week. It's right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. <laughs> All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, heading up until 2 o'clock. Thank you to uh, Clark Hunt joining us in the previous segment as uh, the Chiefs in Vegas. Renting out the Raiders facility rent-free like the Chiefs stay in their head and the rest of the teams in the AFC. The Raiders haven't made the Chiefs make a payment in a while. The Super Bowl week is so fascinating, man, because typically, like, opening night is when you get some crazy things. Remember, it used to be, you know, the the lady in the wedding dress asking Tom Brady if he would marry her and all of that stuff. And then in 2019, down in Miami, there was the guy that was dressed up in the full Rams jersey and helmet of of Andy Reid with the name spelled wrong, just like his uh, jersey was spelled wrong. With the name correctly misspelled. Correctly misspelled. That's correct. Uh, uh, accurate and and so you've got all these different things that are that are going on and and um and and so that's typically opening night but then also it's like okay now you get into the press conferences that are going to be daily but you've got the collective group of all of the media that's there and the teams don't go at the same time so they are separated by morning and afternoon sessions of media and so the reporters don't have to choose between what well, Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid you can go to both and just the 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 order of questions that Andy Reid got when it was a question about Joe Tooney and if he can play, it was a question about uh, um, uh, Jarek McKinnon and, and Joe Tooney, if he's going to be able to play. The next question came from God Behind Bars mm. about uh, family and balance and faith. The next question was about rebuilding the defense, mm-hmm. age and money and, and drafting. The next question was about the conspiracy of Taylor Swift planted by the Democrats and with the Chiefs and the NFL being in on it to help to re- re-elect Joe Biden. And the next question was about communicating with coaches during the game uh, while the Super Bowl is going on, and you're the head coach and you got all these other things to juggle as well. I can't believe they let Teicher ask all six of those. He had a lot of follow-ups. It's like, <laughs> you, you don't know. 
Why didn't Todd Lebo ask the uh, the the Joe Biden question? It's Damn it! A great, a great shock, shock. Todd Lebo, um, Teicher out there asking about. All right, so yeah, and uh, and McKinnon and his health. Okay, very good. Uh huh. Uh-huh. The, the guy with the uh, the guy asked you with a German accent, and as uh, as Andy Reid said, well, it would be as difficult for me to answer that as speaking German. You know, I didn't catch is, that. Was it? Was great. Huh. You had a lot of things. Going I, there was on. a lot That's happening. A, you know, Listen, we were guys. we were catching Clark Hunt on the fly. We got know, as this, he was there. This <laughs> show started with with Bobby Witt's press conference, and for me, more or less, ended with Clark Hunt being on with us live. Today was a good day. We made it all happen. We still have twenty two minutes left to go. Not for me. Ice Cube. I've checked out. No, I'm I'm actually for the first time I'm checked in today. <laughs> I am ready. To, Jason, let's talk this Super Bowl matchup. Man, it's crazy. Can you believe what's going on here? Did you see the Sunflower Showdown last night? Overtime? If the Chiefs win, is it because of the government conspiracy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of Taylor Swift and the PSYOP? And yeah, well, so what I figured out here just by uh, doing my Kelsey, own research obviously. on um, Twitter.x.com is that anytime anything good happens to the Chiefs, it is a grand conspiracy because yeah. the NFL wants them to dominate the entire universe. And anytime something bad happens to the Chiefs, it's because they stink. Now, I can't fully frame up why uh, some things the NFL can't fix for the Chiefs. Yeah. Because uh, I guess they're, maybe they were fixing the Tampa Super Bowl for Brady to win. And I don't know, maybe the Bengals were just too good, even like for the Chiefs plus the NFL. I don't know how powerful this, uh, this shadowy organization is that's pulling all the strings. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you can't Carl spell, you can't spell Illuminati without L I I I. There's no V in there, but can't spell Illuminati without an M for Mahomes. Hello, I'm just saying. Wake up, sheeple. The discourse is in terrible shape, Jason. It is exhausting. But by the way, to, to dovetail off what you were talking about there, in the different way things are framed. Yeah. Yesterday, I think, is a perfect example of the way that things are framed. If the roles were flipped, and the NFC was the home team this year. Go ahead and cook. And the 49ers were practicing at the Raiders facility. Uh-huh. And the Chiefs were practicing at UNLV. Yeah. And the field was soggy and wasn't up to their liking. And they let the NFL know about that. If the Chiefs were in that spot, the yes. Chiefs let the, the NFL Chiefs know about that. The Chiefs let the NFL know about that. It would be what a bunch of baby cry babies finding anything to go oh it's got to be so perfect for them and oh something is just a little bit out of place for the chiefs and oh by to make it everybody oh, else's problem now you know how about this overcome you you the nfl has given you every advantage for so many years and now you want to complain about this small slight how about the field last year in the super bowl that screwed over the eagles the field you didn't have to play on wait that's not true um you both had to play on that you guys made the Eagles wear bowling shoes. That was bleeped up. It's not framed as the 40 winers. Yep. It's framed as, oh, the Chiefs get another advantage. The Chiefs get another advantage by the 49ers having to practice UNLV. I mean, Will Compton played in the NFL and thinks it's absurd that the Chiefs get to practice where the Raiders practice, and the 49ers apparently don't get to have a joint practice with them. Why don't they have a joint practice? They should all be able to practice together. Kumbaya. It's a shared field. It's a mutually shared field, Justin Tucker. Why can't they all practice together? This is dumb. This is absurd. Why would the Chiefs have to practice at Arizona State last year? Oh, wait, that's right. We didn't talk about that because they didn't bitch and complain and moan. Maybe, just maybe, 
if the 49ers went to the Super Bowl more often, their fans would know how it's done and which teams get the home facilities and which teams have to go somewhere else. I guess that's the spoiled, rotten, brat Chiefs fan that I've become in that, well, I know how it works because we cover Super Bowls every year and the quarterback that is the quarterback of the Chiefs has a mother-bleeping Super Bowl week routine. The 27-year-old quarterback talked about sticking to his Super Bowl week routine. And the 49ers are complaining about a soggy field. In fairness, Will Compton only played in two playoff games, so I understand how he wouldn't know how it worked. Played in the league. Played is a very liberal use of the word played, but yes. yes. You can get it, Will Compton! But this, the, the cognitive dissidence, the the willful ignorance. Yeah, dude, it's and, and, just, and just being generally obtuse to, yeah, we know why the Chiefs got the Raiders home facility. We know why this is going on. Come on, we're not dumb. We understand. Like some of the responses to those. And even when people are correcting them and saying, yeah, right, you, you believe that and I'll understand what's really going on. Like, how do you go through life like that? I don't know. Can I, you really go through life like that and just think that, Everything is some sort of a conspiracy that the NFL is trying to make the Chiefs win? Everything's a conspiracy. Everything you don't like is a conspiracy. It, honest, this dead serious, serious take time. That mantra, that mindset is the worst thing that could happen to sports right now. Because you're going to lose all of it. It's all, oh, like, sports as a concept loses the joy when that's the way you think about everything. The Chiefs lost to the Buccaneers because they lost their tackles in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it all fell apart. We all saw why, why it happened. The Chiefs were very nearly out of the running. If, if Patrick Mahomes' ankle gets bent a little further or it goes a little worse right there, all of a sudden the Super Bowl's disappearing from the Chiefs' memory, from all of our memories. If you live your life in the mindset of if they win, it's fixed. If they lose, sports are good again. Mm-hmm. You are going – don't watch sports anymore. You're going to have a miserable time. You don't even get just, – just, please, do it Do it like they used to do in the 90s and just hate the guy. Just say, bleep Michael Jordan, man. He keeps crushing my soul every year. My, I'm not going to see my team win a title because i got to get through Jordan at some point. Because i got to get through LeBron at some point. Because i got to get through the Warriors at some point. Because i got to get through Tom Brady at some point. Because i got to get through the Kansas City Chiefs at some point. Just let that be your logic. That's okay. Just hate him. Instead of being such a whiny little loser to be on Twitter talking about all the NFL wants to give the Chiefs all these advantages because of Taylor Swift. What was it last year? Taylor Swift joined in progress. I, I don't I don't understand unless you think that Roger Goodell could have sat in front of Taylor Swift in a dark room with a single light bulb about a year ago and say, listen, Taylor, play it slow. But I think you'll really fall in love with the personality of Travis Kelsey. And we got it all figured out from there. Unless you think Roger Goodell can do that. This is bull bleep. The joined in progress line is great. If this is a conspiracy around Taylor Swift, then how did they win last year? Well, because they the NFL wants them to win every single year. You know how they really? forced Mahomes to Kansas City by letting him go 10 overall and trading with the Bills. And let me and also by the way, the NFL wants the 40th media market right to That's be insane. the team that wins every year. Maybe they picked up Andy Reid off the scrap heap and found the best quarterback of all time at number 10 overall in a draft and traded up to get him. Maybe that's what happened. What's going to take the NFL to the next level? 
What if we made Kansas City the epicenter of NFL football? What if we made, what if we created a football player in a lab, called him, I don't know, Patrick LaVon Mahomes the second. I'm just spitballing we'll here. We'll have to find a first. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll create the first. This is a long play. Long okay, this is play. a long play. This was back in 1960 when the merger happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we got to credit Lamar Hunt. A we want to make Lamar. sure. Yep. Yes, that's right. We want to make sure that everything is good to go. How do we do this? Well, we have to have a Patrick Mahomes the first. Then we can have a second. Um, and then eventually we'll, we'll have Andy Reid that hones his craft with the Eagles. And then, you know, we'll have this whole, like, he's burned out. It's time for a different uh, voice there in Philadelphia. There will be 50 years of losing between these two mile markers, by the way. That's right, because, you know, you don't want it to be obvious. Uh, And then creating this so that Kansas City is the space that has all of the wins that people are paying attention to. I like the strategy. Let's see if we can pull one more stream. Let's get maybe one more big market in there. Let's make the second best team in the conference, Buffalo. And after Buffalo, make sure you go to Cincinnati. You know, those... Those places that are big market baseball towns. Unreal, dude. Those those places that have baseball teams that just spend and spend and spend and spend because those TV contracts are otherworldly. Let's make sure the conspiracy is for Kansas City. Not New York, not L.A., not Dallas and Jarrah, not Atlanta, not Miami. The NFL is good and well-balanced, <laughs> and the Chiefs are better than your favorite team. Deal with it. Sorry! News out of Vegas with the uh, press conferences. Um, turns out that uh, the Chiefs are using RE20 mics. And the uh, 49ers have found out that they're using Toys R Us mics. <laughs> so they're not happy about the press conferences, uh, that the uh, the mics that they're having to use. Um, so that's something the NFL, I, I think Roger Goodell will probably be asked about that. Um it's one of those mics that like sounds like it, it's affecting your yeah. brain. Yeah, you sound like a robot. Like, Brock Purdy here. I may be a game manager. I may not be. It actually, every mic makes him sound like Bane. I will Brock you. <laughs> Instead of I will break you, you, I will Brock. I'll you will lose. You. Yeah, so it's uh, interesting. Also, the spread for lunch was different for the Forty yeah. uh, Nineers as opposed to the Chiefs. Yeah, I saw the Roger Niners Goodell. got a handful of uh, loose triscuits. I thought that was weird. Yeah, the Chiefs got like steak and lobster, surf and turf, and um, the um, the Forty Nineers. They actually just scraped the uh, the grill of the steak and lobster mm. that they made for the Chiefs and just threw it on a plate for them. George Kittle appears to be doing his press conference from a dog bed. That's Way too not a big dog bed either, like for a puppy. That's weird. Yeah, they're gonna have to get to the bottom of this as to all these things going on there in Vegas with the uh, 49ers. Brock Purdy's <sighs> doing his live from the top of Allegiant. That does not seem safe. <laughs> it's odd. Why would he do that? Patrick Mahomes had extra security. That's huh. the only way he's gonna be on top of the Chiefs. Hey, yeah, got him. I just hope that the breakfast for the 49ers tomorrow is perfect because if the eggs are not fluffy enough, we know they'll complain about them being soggy too.